Let, let's talk some baseball with uh, Toronto Blue Jays manager John Schneider, who is kind enough to join us right now. How's it going, John? Hey, what's up, guys? I got sun down here. It's uh, 6 o'clock, and I still got a nice sunset in Florida, so sorry about that. But um, <laughs> Send some of it here, John. <laughs> So yeah, man, uh, it's been a it's been a wild off season for for this team. Obviously, a very exciting off season. Um, how have you experienced um, your first off season as the full time manager uh, of the Toronto Blue Jays? It's been great. It's been busy. Um, you know, obviously with the moves that we've made, but being out at the winter meetings and kind of going through that for the first time, and being on on the phone with players and staff and front office. Um, you know, it's been an exciting time, and I think that. You know, we all collectively can say that we're excited about the additions we've made. Um, you know, sad to see some guys go that have been here for a while, of course, but that's part of it. And we're just really excited to kind of get out there and show what kind of brand of baseball we're going to be playing. John, where are you right now in terms of preparations? Like, what kind of things are you doing at this point of the year right now uh, to be prepared for when everybody starts arriving in a few weeks' time? We are getting together down in Florida, the entire field staff and some um, some other people are going to be down here at our PDC next week for a few days, kind of outlining spring training, uh, new rule changes, uh, things to go over, make sure we're touching on all that in spring training, um, and kind of just getting our, getting our staff together to talk about what we want to accomplish, not only in camp, but as the season goes uh, at the end of March and as it goes along the year. So doing that, I think um, making sure the players are in the right um, you know, the right time in their off season program. I have the luxury of being about 10 minutes away from our complex. So, um, seeing a lot of those guys every day has been nice. And, uh, you know, I think once the roster really gets finalized, then you start thinking about how we're going to use it and who's going to be where. Um, so probably in the next couple of weeks is when we get that conversation going as well. Oh, so you haven't, you haven't started those conversations. I'm sure that the wheels have been spinning in your head because I mean, yes, you're right. The off season's not complete. There's already been some, some pretty major additions to this baseball team and some very notable departures as well. Like, like, have you started mapping out in your mind what you think uh, your deployment is going to look like in, in, in 2023? Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that you're just kind of, you know, fine tuning it. And, you know, if there are, you know, more additions or more subtractions, you kind of go, you know, you, you pivot and you go that way. But I think we've, we've uh, more than started those conversations about who's going to be where, when, um, I think it's just a lot easier when you have everyone kind of under the same roof where you really get those conversations going. John, as you look at some of the changes that, that you'd made and, you know, think back to the beginning of the off season and Ross Atkins mentioned run prevention as an area of opportunity. And then you see the moves that were made and it seemed that even there was a bit of a willingness to perhaps potentially sacrifice a bit on the run production side to ensure there was more defense in Kevin Kiermaier and Dalton Varsho uh, to contribute to the run prevention. What led to some of the thinking there that this was the area that you guys needed to attack? Was there, or was there a sense that, you know, maybe there was a bit of looseness there that you could tie up from a defensive standpoint, and that was going to be the way to perhaps make the biggest impact on the club? Yeah, I mean, I think there's ways to always impact the club. And when you look at the way we've kind of been constructed the last couple of years, we had no problem scoring runs. Um, I think some of it kind of came in spurts. And, you know, you look up at the end of the year and the numbers are where they are as a group offensively, OPS, runs, all that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, kind of pivoting and saying, okay, what are, you know, what are other areas we can continue to get better at? And defense and I think base running jumps to the top of my mind when you're looking at the way we play. So, 
if it means kind of sacrificing some production, you know, then okay, I, I get where people see that. But man, I think if being around the game as long as I have and as long as I think we have collectively as a staff, when you're talking about pitching and defense and how much that can change the momentum of a game, uh, momentum of a series, or even a couple of weeks in the season, um, I think that that always jumps to everyone's forefront. So. While we've improved our defense, we definitely want to, you know, not lose sight of what we're going to do on the basis to kind of continue to produce runs um, in a different aspect, in a different way, and continue to let our lineup um, do what they're really, really good at, which is doing damage, getting on base, and scoring. How do you feel the the incoming rules on the shift? Um, how, how did that factor into maybe a bit of an emphasis or a change in what you may need from an outfield defensive standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I think in, with the whole rule change, you know, everyone kind of forgets about the outfield because you talk about the infield shift going away. But, um, you know, with the way guys are hitting the ball these days and the game will kind of probably ebb and flow back to, you know, maybe a different style of hitting. But so many balls are hitting the air and we're just trying to really convert those into outs as much as we can. So we think, you know, having a really strong outfield defense is going to be an absolute must um, with everything that the game is going to be adjusting to. And at the same time, you look at our infield um, and you look at the corners of the Gold Glover and Vladdy and a Platinum Glover and Chappie, um, and then Bo at short, and a combination of Witt, Biggio, or Espy, who we, we think are really, really, really good defenders, all four of those guys, I think it puts us in a really good spot. So whenever you have you know an elite guy on either side of second base, I think that you know, you're in a good position to start from an infield standpoint um, with the new shift rules. So... We, uh, we like where we landed so far from, from the defensive standpoint. John, you mentioned earlier that this this was, well, it, we all know it was a great offense, and, and all the counting stats would indicate that it was a great offense. I think second most runs scored in the American League. But you mentioned that it at times scored in spurts, which is, I think there were a lot of fans who felt that, right? That, that there would be, you know, uh, maybe a week where, scoring really really took off and then you know a couple of games in a row where it was it was tough to find runs is that just the nature of the sport the yep. nature of this lineup in, in general is there something that you can do or or that that uh, um induces more consistency in an offense yeah i think it's a little bit of the sport you know baseball is hard and hitting is hard and pitching has gotten so good to where it is hard to do day in and day out but i think that you know there were times and i think you know, we, we labeled ourselves, and it was easy to talk about us being very streaky. And if we were hot, we were hot. And if we weren't, we weren't. And if we weren't hitting in one phase, we were hitting in the other phase. If we were pitching, we weren't hitting. And if we were hitting, we weren't pitching or playing D, whatever it may be. So I think trying to just be consistent day in and day out, you know, and not not score one or two runs, you know, for a couple of games and then score 11, 10, and 9 in the next series is kind of just figuring out ways to, you know, scratch and claw when you need to. You know, because you have to give respect to the you know the people you're playing, uh, especially in our division. So, you got to figure out a way to kind of you know avoid those peaks and valleys to where it's when it's going good, it's good, and when you're when you're not doing it, you're really really scrapping and clawing. John, with the two new left-handed hitters in in Varsho and, and Kiermaier, who in theory are going to be playing a bit more regularly than some of the left-handers that you had last year, how do you envision? placing them in the lineup to to maybe break up some of the righties and perhaps make planning a little bit diff- more difficult on the opposing managers, uh, particularly when late- matching up late in the game? Yeah, that's definitely something we've already been talking about. And you look at each one of those guys and their skill set, um, you know, with, 
you know, some speed, obviously, really good base runners. They can both bunt for hits. They can both hit the ball to the ballpark. So I think that's a really good combination to have for one. And two, you can't really forget or ignore the, how, you know, how talented our right-handed hitters are as well. So, you know, having, having you know, faith in those guys when they're, they're going to see a lot of right-handed pitching, you know, based on the rest of our lineup. So that's a good thing for them. And we're always going to trust, you know, Bo Vlad, Chappie George, Kirk, Jano to kind of do their thing against righties as well. So it's um, it, it's it's a luxury to have those guys. It puts guys in advantageous matchups more often than not. And it does make it a little bit harder for opposing managers to game plan and just say, okay, we're going to bring in three righties today after our starter and force their hand a little bit. Uh, Varsho is a guy that uh, I'm sure a lot of Blue Jays fans were unfamiliar with playing uh, out uh, in the uh, in the western part of North America and for a team that hasn't exactly been super relevant. But yeah, his, his baseball reference numbers and, well, I mean, his advanced defensive numbers certainly jump off the page and his versatility, John. I mean, this is a guy that, that, that played at the, the catcher position more than a, a few times a season ago. Have you thought about where you're going to use him at least defensively uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, I think primarily it's going to be in the corner outfield spots and especially left field, but knowing that he can play center and knowing that he can catch is just an unbelievable skill set and such a luxury to have as a manager when you're trying to game plan with some in-game moves. So we're not going to ask him to suit up and and start a bunch of games behind the plate. We feel comfortable with the guys we have there in Jano and, and, uh, and Kirky, but Knowing that if something comes up late in the game and we got to ask Lars to catch an inning um, and he's comfortable doing it, it's just a, a real, real luxury to have. So hopefully get some reps in spring training and, and get to know the pitchers a little bit and get familiar with what they like to do and what we like to do um, and kind of have that, have that weapon in our back pocket. John, how do, how do you manage that when a guy can catch? Like, Do you have to get him a certain amount of games just so that you know, throughout the course of regular season, just so that he's staying in that shape and in that mindset? Or, you know, can you just ha- keep him in the outfield and then just use him periodically when need arises? Yeah, I think in a perfect world, that's the way you deploy him is when need arises based on game state. But, you know, with that comes, you know, just work kind of maintenance work in between, whether it's catching a bullpen here or there or doing some defensive work. Uh, to kind of stay a little bit sharp without taking away from what he's going to be doing primarily in the outfield. So, we again, we're not going to ask him to, you know, totally overhaul anything that he's used to. Um, and it'll, it'll probably be less than what he's ever done. You know, I think whatever it was, 30 games or so, you know, it's not going to be deliberately that much. And it, it, it also obviously offers a little bit of protection when you're looking at health and things like that. But just trying to stay sharp and, you know, when need arises, have him ready. Talking to Blue Jays manager John Schneider. So there, there was also, as I mentioned, a couple of notable departures from last year's team. A couple of guys who were very popular amongst the fan base and certainly seemed very popular in the clubhouse as well. And Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. How, how do you how do you make sure that there's not some some loss of chemistry there? Because, like I said, I mean, as an outsider, it, it did seem like those were a couple of very popular guys in that clubhouse. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, baseball does a good job of kind of policing that itself. You know, just the game and the natural environment that you're in every day and the routine that you get into, guys really get to know one another. But, you know, those guys have been there for a while. Um, Obviously, big personalities and and guys that did really, really well for, you know, a team that was kind of transitioning from rebuilding a little bit to being a real contender. So, you know, we, you know, think the world of them. And, you know, we wish Teo good luck in Seattle and Lourdes and Gabby in Arizona. But, 
are thrilled with the return that we got in Swanee and Varshaw. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of give, a little bit of take. And I think that the, you know, guys are at the point, even our young guys, our young core, they're at the point in their careers now where they've been around long enough. They understand the part of the, the game where this, this stuff does happen. And you look at the guys that we're bringing in, the character, the work ethic, the teammates that they are, um, you really can't just say how excited we are, how well they're going to fit into the, the clubhouse. It's already a tight knit group. Blue Jays fans, John, I think are pretty familiar with what Kevin Kiermaier brings to the table. They've obviously seen him enough over the years and have a sense of who he is as a player. But you know, he's a pretty hard nosed, competitive guy. Varsho similarly is a hard-nosed competitive guy and someone Blue Jays fans probably haven't seen play uh, as much. Just how do you think those two guys may help alter some of the personality of your team or perhaps, uh, you know, what kind of impact their fingerprints on the club might look like from a a personality standpoint? Yeah, I mean, they go hard, they go fast. They're bringing it every day and they got kind of one speed, which I think is great. And certain guys play that way. You know, you've seen George do it for a couple of years and, you know, Chappie's a little bit, you know, built the same way, Witt's kind of the same way. Um, You know, most of the guys are, but I think kind of having that presence um, day in, day out is nothing but good for the rest of our team, you know. So it's, um, you know, it's not that we were trying to totally flip the script on, on personnel or personality, but I think when you have guys that are very routine oriented, and very, very focused on winning that night. It is a really, really good atmosphere to start um, when you're trying to have a great season. John, uh, as far as workflow is concerned, like how much of, of, of your input is involved in some of these off, off-season decisions? Yeah, it's a collective effort for sure. You know, I think the front office stuff does a lot of the heavy lifting, obviously, but there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of conversating as to preferences, you know, how I would, you know, round out a roster or round out a group of players, however it may be, what I feel comfortable with and, um, you know, where I feel the need is based on how we're going to deploy people. You know, what's more important? Is it this or is it that? So it's um, it's a constant back and forth, I think, with myself, the entire coaching staff, and with the front office. So, again, they're doing the heavy lifting, um, and I think it's great that I'm involved in the input um, and kind of the conversations that go into how we're going to run it. John, it's a bit strange to say this about uh, a guy who's had Chris Bassett's career so far, but it, it almost feels like his signing has flown under the radar a little bit this offseason compared to some of the other moves. Uh, obviously losing Ross Stripling after the season that he had and the important contributions that he made uh, is tough, but you know, having or bringing in Chris Bassett to replace him, uh, to replace him is, is a pretty good way to to, to cover that. Uh, just what what do you envision for him in the from him in the rotation? Like what what does he bring to your group? Yeah. Oh, by the way, we got a another really good starting pitcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's a stabilizing force. It's a guy with a tremendous track record, especially especially recently, and how he's gone about his business and how he deploys his pitches. Um, thrilled to have him again, kind of fits that same mold of coming right after you, albeit in a different kind of way, a little bit similar to strip where he's not going to overpower you with certain things, but is really going to be a bulldog every time he's on the mound, just like the rest of our starters. So, you know, stability, you know what you're going to get from him every night. He's going to give you a chance to win every single night. Um, Ray reviews about him as a person and a teammate from Chappie and a lot of other guys that know him well um, and speaking to him this off season, he is absolutely thrilled to be part of it and ready to go, which is great. Um, 
but yeah, you can't say enough about having just a reliable veteran starting pitcher that you know what you're going to get from every night. And with uh, with that, saying on the rotation, it, it seems at this point that the the one remaining question is, you know, who ends up in the fifth spot and. Uh, Certainly there's time for potentially other other candidates come in. But right now, does it look to you like, you know, competition to to some degree between Mitch White and, and Yusei Kikuchi? And, and what do you know of uh, Yusei's work this, this offseason that may perhaps position him to for a bit more consistency on the mound next year? Yeah, I think, you know, you look at those two guys and, um, you know, in a very kind of roller coaster season for Yusei in his first year with us, Still, I mean, I'm a. I like to look at the positives. There's still a lot of positives to, to take from his year, although he wanted to have it end a different way it did. But um, yeah, in a perfect world, you're envisioning one of those guys having that fifth spot and the other one being in the bullpen. Um, however, that shakes out to affect the rest of the pitching staff is kind of to be determined. But love where they're both at in terms of their off season. I think Mitch is going to try to get down here later this month, down to the PDC, and, and really kind of start or not start, but finish off his offseason down here with our staff. And Yusei was actually on a call with Pete. Um, he's actually on a call with Pete and Bush right now um, and David Howell at 6 o'clock. They're kind of shore up the rest of his offseason. But everything we've heard from him has been very, very positive in terms of where he's at physically um, and looking for a bounce-back season from him. So, you know, as of now, you know, if, if one of those guys steps up and the other one is in a little bit of a different role, um, let's kind of see where we – that's where we see this kind of ending up as the season approaches. John, uh, appreciate you taking the time for us. I'll, I'll go back to like just staring out the window, wishing it was February 25th, and I could watch Blue Jays <laughs> baseball, spring training-wise, in Bradenton against the Pirates. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, you bet, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.